please turn your Bibles to John chapter 1. Remember again that we are taking a month off to look at who Jesus is. We began in John chapter 1, and I want to start there, and I want to read through, and I want to move on to verse 4 today. But beginning in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember, this is Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Now that's a little bit startling and surprising because we always thought, or we had this thought in our mind when we read Genesis 1-1, in the beginning God created. And immediately we all think it's God the Father. Well, I thought so anyway, you know, maybe I'm weird. But that was the thought that went through my head when I read, you know, in the beginning God created. And I thought, of course it's God the Father. But now here in John chapter 1, we find out something. Remember again that that John actually went to heaven. That's the reason why I truly believe that he wrote this gospel after he went to heaven. He saw something and he came back. And that's why I believe his gospel is just different to all the other gospels. The other gospels are called synoptic gospels because they see together. His isn't. (laughs) I believe the reason is that he went to heaven and he saw something that everything that he then experienced down here with Jesus, suddenly a light went on. And so he starts to write things that everybody else missed and didn't think was important, but he saw the relevance of all of it and began to write it all down. And what's incredible is when he begins here, he wants to make it clear that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, he was in the beginning with God, and all things were created by him, by the way. So what all we were thinking, we got it wrong. Amen? (laughs) Okay. And he says, all things were created by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now that harmonizes with Colossians 1.16, where it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. But what's interesting, and this is what correlates all of this, if we go to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, This is what John heard in heaven. Remember, Revelation is something that John wrote following his his trip to heaven, so to speak, okay? And he heard this. This is what heaven sings. Heaven sings, thou art... This is about the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? It sings, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. I want you to notice it says, thou art worthy. See, there was a being that wasn't worthy, that stole glory and honor honor and power. We know him to be Satan. Amen? But here is one that did it right. He is God. Okay, he does everything right. Okay? But it, that's why heaven sings, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Watch this. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. This is what John saw. This is what John heard. When he heard that, I'm sure a light went on in him and thought, i got to write that down somewhere. Okay? <laughs> Not only as a part of revelation, but as a part of a gospel. As a part of the life of Jesus that we never understood. You know, when you read all the other um, gospels, they start with, and so this person begat that person, and they begat that person, and a lot of begatting took place. Okay? <laughs> okay? Before Jesus came along. But interestingly, this is, this is John's genealogy. He doesn't do any other genealogy except in the beginning was the word. He said, you guys want to know where it actually started? It wasn't in a manger in Bethlehem. That's where he came down. That, see, that's why it, it tells us in the Old Testament, for, us to, for, for unto us 
uh, a child is born, for unto us a son is given. The son wasn't born, the son was given. He always existed. But the child had to be born. Do you understand? Amen? So what we are seeing here and what we need to understand is Jesus Christ existed well before the manger. And then when we understand what happened in that manger, when he was born, we begin to understand something, how much he gave up to come down here, become and, and walk among us, minister to us, die for us. Amen? And what Christmas is all about. It was that first step in getting here. And there was a lot of opposition. Remember all the babies getting killed? Okay, I mean, the devil tried everything to stop him from getting here. But he still got here. Hallelujah. And tells us something. And see, he was a bit... Can we say that he was slightly defenseless as a baby? You could put a a sword in his hand, but you know... (laughs) A rattle would do better. He couldn't do much. Can you understand the faith that he had to come down here? Knowing that the devil would do everything to try and kill him? Do you know what that tells us? That regardless of how defenseless we might feel, or we might think we are, God is always watching out for us. And the more defenseless we are, the more he becomes our fortress. The more he becomes our strength, if we let him. Did you get the last bit? If you're freaking out, he can't do much. <laughs> Amen. That's why I love the verse when he says, Be still and know that I'm God. I, I think that was the person that was running around pulling their hair out. You know? And he's trying to stop him and talk to him. And he said, Be still. Know that I'm God. Okay, well, okay then. <laughs> because, you know, when we're running around, we're not thinking. You know, when you're freaking out, you don't think. Amen. And don't ever make decisions in those moments in your life they are the worst decisions you will ever make always get to a place of peace before you decide on anything amen okay that was not part of my message anyway getting back to this (laughs) i want to move on um it goes on to say let's go back to now john chapter 1 and verse 4 it goes to say in him was life now this is everlasting life And it is referring to the fullness of God's essence. Can I say that a different way? This this was essentially what made God, God. Can I say it that way? Okay, essence, essentially, you get that? Okay. See, whatever made God, God, that was the life that was in Him. That's why He is God. That's why He's not just a really good person that God blessed. He is God. Which is why John started with that statement. And notice it goes in the same. And watch how he switches now. He says, first of all, in him was life. And then he says, and the life was the light of men. Notice suddenly, John takes the fact that not only does Jesus have life in him, but he is the life as well. Did you all catch that? And he says, the life Talking about Jesus, remember again, the whole subject is Jesus all the way through, okay? So when he says the life, he's talking about Jesus. So he went from in him was life to that this person is not, doesn't only have life in him, but he is also the life. Remember, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Means there's no other life besides this life. So again, harmony. So notice he says here, he goes and says, the life was the light of men. Now that's really interesting. 
William McDonald says this. He says, the same one who gave us life. This is very important. Grab this if you can. The same one who gave us life is the one who provides us with light for the pathway we travel. Did you get that? It is one thing to exist, but quite another thing to know how to live and to know the true purpose of life. Can I say it all that again? Okay. The same one who gave us life is the one who provides us with the light for the pathway we travel. Listen, you never have to be in the dark. If ever you feel like you're in the dark, go and ask the author of life. Go and ask the person that planned your life out for you, what, what was your plan for me today? Amen. See, we are never meant to be without light. So not only do we have life, but we also need to know, and we're also given guidance, wisdom and guidance. Amen? Where is this all coming from? Jesus Christ. He is our wisdom. Amen? And notice again, it, the other thing that he, he went on to say was, it is one thing to exist, but quite another thing to know how to live. And to know the true purpose of life. Now that's different for everyone. Somebody says, what is the true purpose of life? Well, that's up to you. <laughs> okay? You know, uh, each one of us have a different purpose. That's why I said each one of us have the opportunity to cross our finish line first. Because we're not competing with everyone else. Do you know who you're competing with? The enemy. The thing that's trying to stop you from getting to your uh, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in your life. Amen? That's, that's what is coming against us. So, let's move on. Therefore, it is Jesus Christ as the life that also brings us to the light. Jesus Christ, the life, brings us to the light. This is why so many people, you know, people sort of say, well, I don't want to be saved. What, you want to walk around in darkness? <laughs> really, that's what they're saying. And, and it's funny how people complain about things. It's funny how they say no to things that will help them, and then the problems that they're having, because they said no to something, now they're complaining about. And the answer comes knocking on the door, and they go, no thanks. Moving on. Not you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Don't look worried, all right? Okay. <clears throat> so, <laughs> I've said here again, it is Jesus as the life that also brings us uh, the light in the form of wisdom, guidance, revelation, and understanding. And why John 8 and verse 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Interesting, isn't it? I love the phrasing there. Leon Morris writes, It is, listen to this, this is fantastic. It is the function of light to shine precisely in the darkness, to oppose darkness, to dispel darkness. Amen? See, here's the revelation. Who needs a light when there's light? You need light when there's darkness. You know, you turn the light. I don't usually, generally, turn lights on during the day. I told you generally. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know why? Because there's light already. When do we turn on lights? When there's darkness. When do we need to be the light? When there's darkness. The problem is when there's darkness, we go hide under a bushel. You know, <laughs> we, we go hide a little light. You know, when I say we, I don't mean those here, but you know what I'm trying to say? 
we need to get past that mentality of, well, I, you know, I don't want to compromise myself. And that is a dark thing. And so I want to stay away from dark things. You know, be spirit led. Pick the fights you can win. <laughs> okay. All right. If you, and, you know, don't go in there thinking, well, brother so-and-so could do this. Well, that's brother so-and-so. That, that, that's not you. I made that mistake a long time ago. A lot of times. And, you know, until I woke up to the fact that, you know, if I'm not living exactly the same life he's living, if I haven't had all his experiences, if I haven't had all the years that he has, has had, you know, to develop his faith and everything else, I shouldn't be going around doing stuff he's trying to do, like he's doing. I'm not there yet. Amen. But at the same time, if God leads me to do something, then obviously I'm ready for that. Notice I said God's leading me. This is not me. All right. What, really quickly. Boy, the people in church, you know, they come, they minister, and they put a guilt trip on you. You know, you should be dot, dot, dot. You all know what I'm talking about? Okay. And then so we all think, oh, we, we're such bad sinners. We should be. And so now this guy is talking from his years of experience. Okay. And he's done this a long time. And now he's come, because of the conviction on his life, he's now guilting everybody around him. I don't do that, by the way. If I do, I'm sorry. Okay, I don't mean to. All right, okay. Because I know that every one of us is in a different place in our faith. Amen. In our trust in God and so on and so forth. All of us are different. You might even exceed me. Hallelujah. Okay. So there'll be things that you do. Don't come ask me for permission because you probably got it already. Amen. You know, people always think they need to ask me permission. Why? If God told you to do it, you got it, dude. Go do it. I'll, I'll stand in awe. Okay. All right. yeah. I'm happy to do that once in a while too. Okay. So, but, but the thing is that you need to understand. <clears throat> as you are led, do. Not as you are guilted into. Because that's a recipe for disaster. Amen. All right. Back to this. Okay. So. Again, it is the function of light to shine precisely in the darkness. Oppose darkness and dispel darkness. So you don't just stand in there opposing darkness. You need to dispel it as well. Don't allow it to hang around. Are you all here? Amen? And you know, that might be anything from receiving wisdom from God to you know, praying in the Spirit or doing something. Getting, you know, a CD or going on YouTube and listening to me or, or somebody else. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I put that stuff on there so you can get to me, man. I edit all the stuff that I do wrong out of it, I, I hope, anyway. Okay. Because I don't like mistakes. I, I, I'm a person that loves to listen to things over and over again. And when there's a mistake on something, it annoys me. Every time I get to that spot, I listen to the mistake, not what the guy said. So, I, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, huh? And so I just decided if I'm ever going to do this, I'm going to sit there and listen to myself, which I hate doing. And, you know, just get rid of all the stuff. I can be my own worst critic, okay? And that's good for you because you'll get the best then, okay? If I have to wade through that, then I'm going to make sure it's good and, and put it on there so that you guys don't have to be listening to a mistake over and over again. But know that it's there. Know that there are, there are things there that you can turn on and switch on and, and click on or whatever and listen to through the week. You don't have to. You can have, you know, the word going through the week and have God ministering to you through the week. Because can I say this? The devil works 24 hours a day. We need the word almost as much. Amen. I said almost. Okay. All right. To this, John MacArthur also adds this. He says, morally, light refers to holiness or purity, while darkness refers to sin or wrongdoing. 
So we understand that when Jesus came, when he brought that light, it was this holiness, it was a purity that came with it. Amen? And it was, and I don't want you to think in terms of, you know, uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be careful what I say here. Um, in terms of fashion, is that okay? Can I say it that way? All right, because it can, different things can mean to, you know, different things to different people. Don't, it's not about what we wear. Okay, whether it's makeup or dresses or whatever, you know, pants, whatever. Okay, shorts, whatever. <laughs> okay, it's not about all of that. Holiness is about what's happening in your heart. Purity is about how are you thinking about things. Where are your thoughts? Are they pure or impure? Amen? And you can only, only you can judge that. Nobody can judge you, only you can judge yourself. Because people, you know when people say, I know what you're thinking. No, they don't. You think you know what they're thinking. All of that stuff ends in divorce. But I thought, yeah, exactly. You thought. That was a problem. That's where it all started. <laughs> okay? No. You know, I, I never presume to think anything. You know, the, the only thing is, I always look to God to give me direction about things. Amen. Now, sometimes there's a word of prophecy or, or knowledge that will come. But I'm very careful with that stuff. I'm very careful with that. You know why? Because I am fallible. God isn't, I am. And how I interpret what he says might not be right. Amen. I'm going to say that, leave it there. Okay, let me, let me just read this. The light exposes the darkness. And he's going to do that in the, in the lives of the religious people. Because remember, they were pretending to be religious. And what they were doing, Jesus said, he said, you are like whitewashed tombstones on the outside. means you dress really nice. You look really nice. You even talk really nice. But what's actually going on inside of you is terrible. He calls it full of iniquity, wrongdoing, all of those words. Okay? Which tells us something. People can look good on the outside and they be somebody, something totally different on the inside. Be careful of people that are a bit too religious. Just watch out for that. Because, you know, there is a religion there that we need to be careful that... that um, you're not being real. And in that religion, you're judging people. And Jesus never did, which is kind of interesting, isn't it? He always, you know, he, was, he hung out with Matthew. He was a tax collector. You know, forgave the woman of adultery. He was, you know, talked to the woman of the well. Questionable, you know, okay? He would talk to everybody. He would just be out there with everyone. Isn't that interesting? Because he, he had time for Matthew. Matthew wrote a whole gospel. Isn't that something? See, while all the Pharisees and everybody else kept away from them, Jesus went to them. Amen? All right. And that's, that, that was the thing that he did. As opposed to all what, the, what all religion was doing, he was light. And that's what we need to be, family. We need to be light wherever we go. Don't look for fault in people. Amen. Can we all say amen to that? Okay. You know, if, if, if there's a problem, pray for them. Do you know it takes less time? Listen to this. I got a gem for you. Are you ready? Take this in, please. It takes less time to pray for someone than to gossip about someone. <gasps> no. Yeah, exactly. And this way, you, <laughs> you know, you're getting something done. You're letting God in on the thing instead of, instead of solidifying something that is already going wrong. Amen. 
Amen. See, that was worth coming today. All right. <laughs> so again, Jesus as the light exposes darkness and sin and wrongdoing and sets people free with life-giving messages that he preaches to them. This is as opposed to all the religious, religious leaders at the time. And that, those messages bring light in the form of hope and revelation into their life. See, that's what was so amazing about Jesus. Whenever he started ministering, everybody understood what he said. And it brought life. You know, you listen and think, that actually makes sense. I can use that today. Whereas the stuff they were going on about, you know, they were talking about this religious leader said this, and that religious leader said that, and this religious leader said, well, I'm not sure about that. And who cares? Seriously, those are, those are debates for scholars. Those are not the things that people need to hear. And I think that's what, you know, one of the things that marks, to me, marks a wise, intelligent person, is how simple they can make something complicated. If a person gets up there and sounds complicated, they don't know what they're talking about, or they don't know how to relate it back down. They don't know enough to make it simple. Do you hear me? But the people that are, the, to me, the smartest, the most insightful, are the ones that will take something that is just, everybody goes, I don't know what all that is, and then lay it out straight, and somebody goes, my God, for the first time, I understand that. Now you've met a smart person. Amen? Smartness is not in how much they know, it's in how they can communicate it to you. So, moving on. Added to this, there's one uh, further and more literal application to John 1.4, brought out in these scriptures. Now, firstly, in 1 John 1.5, the Apostle John said, God is light. Remember that? And in him is no darkness at all. In Genesis 1.26, don't try to follow me, guys. This is going to be really quick. In Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our... I can't do this to them. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So first of all, we understand that God is light. Second, God said, we're going to make man in our image after our likeness. Everything produces after its own kind. Remember the law of Genesis? All right. So thirdly, in Genesis 2.7, it said that the Lord God breathed into his nostrils, this is man's nostrils, the breath of life. So God is the one that made man come alive. He brought man into existence. Amen? God makes man in his image and his likeness. So what do you think? Now, this, is, this is not a trick question. <laughs> since God is light, because it's not an if, but since. Okay, since God is light. And if he was to make a duplicate of himself, image, likeness. You understand that's what that means, okay? What do you think that image and likeness would look like? The same thing. Okay, generally, yeah, okay, all right. You wouldn't be able to tell them apart. And then he breathes life into that. When we put all of this together, since God is light and since we were made in his image and likeness, then the moment that God breathed his life into us, we receive both his life and his light. That's a glory. And that's why now in Psalm 8 and verse 5, it says, for you, were, for you made us, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, for you made us only a little lower than God. Every other translation says angels. But that word is the same word that says in the beginning God. That's the same word. Why they translated angels, I think they freaked out. Hey, if God made us in his image and his likeness, of course we're just a bit less than God. Can we get an amen on that? Is that so difficult for people? You know, religious people have enormous problems with that. Truly they do. <laughs> so that's why I like the New Living Translation. For you made us only a, a little lower than God. And yes, we are lower than God. Okay, all right. Okay, let's get that one right. And he said, and you crowned us with glory 
and honor. You crowned us with glory and honor. Hallelujah. What is glory? Light. See, when you think of glory, don't go all kind of glory balls on me, okay? Kind of like, woo, glory, baby. No, no, that's drugs. Okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm talking about true glory, okay? That glory, when we think about God and His glory, we think about God and His light. It's that fire from His loins up and His loins down, okay? Amen? That is what God crowned us with. A lot of the Eastern religions got a hold of that. And, you know, they talk about that, that, that energy that is in there. And listen, just because they found it doesn't mean it belongs to them. Hello? Just because we're stupid doesn't mean it does not belong to us. Amen as well, okay? All right? It's ours. They're just finding things that we should have found out. Because it was already written. And we have all these problems with that stuff. Can you stop having a problem with it and just embrace it? Because it is ours? We need to embrace it and allow it to start flowing through us. They're trying to, listen to this, they're trying to make something work on the inside of them without the giver of life in there. Are you all with me? So how much more do you think you can do with Jesus Christ, the light in you? Especially when when, when this verse says that he crowned us with glory and honor. And remember Jesus on on the Mount of Transfiguration? In fact, I'll read that in just a minute. You might say, well, we can't ever do that. Beg to differ. Remember Moses? You all forgot about Moses, didn't you? You all don't know Moses? You know about Moses? You know when he went and he was getting the, the Ten Commandments? Okay, what we call Ten Do you know when he came down from the, from the mountain? He, he is glowing. And he's, his face shone. Listen, man, it was just like that. They had to stick a bag over his head. Because they said, we can't go to sleep at night. Isn't that incredible? Amen. Classic example of, you know, putting a light under a bushel. There's a bag of it. <laughs> okay, but, but listen, if that is possible, then it's there. It's on the inside of you. And when, we, when, the, when the Apostle Paul talks about the glorious church, he isn't just talking metaphorically. He is talking literally. He didn't get to see it. I pray that we will. As we move closer and closer towards the end. And we learn more and more. And we receive this into our heart. Amen? And don't let religious people take it out of us. I have one thing to say. Isn't it better to be encouraged towards faith than away from it? Isn't it better to be encouraged towards God than away from Him? Isn't it better to be encouraged towards God's attributes than away from them? Amen? Always look for those that are helping you get there. Not pushing you further away from Him. And they'll do it religiously and it will sound right. They will say things like, God is so far above us, we can't ever, ever know. And yet Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So there, that just killed that you know, argument straight away. And he, the whole point of Him being the Word was to reveal the Father. So that we would know Him. Amen? If you're telling me you don't know Him, then you don't, you, you're telling me you don't know anything about this. The Word of God. Amen? Anyway, back to this and I need to finish now. Okay. I'll give you proof of this. Watch this. 
Not only does Psalm 8, 5 tell, tell us that we were crowned with glory and honor. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 43. Remember again we're talking about in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Remember that? Okay. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 43. Listen, Jesus says this. This is not some person that, you know, made up something. Okay? This is God himself. He says, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun. Are you righteous? Yes. I'm going to answer that question just in case. <laughs> okay? You are the righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? In fact, if you ever mess up your righteousness, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, bringing us back to righteousness. So if there's a problem, 1 John 1, 9, quickly. All right, so we can get to this. <laughs> so it says here, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Anybody that can take this in and swallow it, swallow it. <laughs> okay, and that's another way of putting that. So this also explains the incident. This is what I was talking about before I said I'll take you to the scriptures. In Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 and 2. Where it says there, Matthew 17, 1. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Verse 2, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Wow. You know what he was doing? Giving us a glimpse of what we were going to look like. Exactly what he said in Matthew 13, 43. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun. I could almost put S-O-N there. Amen? As much as S-U-N. Alright, anyway. I, I want you to see two things here. Number one, his face shone. And number two, everything he's wearing began to shine as well. Amen? Do you understand something here? When man was first created, that's why he didn't know he was naked. Because he was shining. And there was a light that clothed him. And then those other clothes become almost superfluous. They're just on top of your clothing. Amen? Amen. So returning to the Gospel of John, verse 5, and I want to leave it here. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This needs to be true for you as well. The Apostle John saw firsthand how Jesus Christ, the light, shone on the darkness of religion and its leaders, among other things, how they didn't, they just didn't comprehend or receive anything he said, uh, and why he would later record in his gospel. Now, we're in John eight and verse forty-three, he says, what, "I'm reading from the New Living Translation again." He says, "Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It is because you are unable to do so." That's what it means that the the darkness could not comprehend it. One of the meanings. There's a lot of meanings there, by the way. But that is one of the meanings. And understand something. Sometimes you are ministering to people or talking to people, and they just don't get you. Can we use today's language? Do you know what I'm trying to say? They just don't get you? That's why darkness can't comprehend light. A lot of times we speak about things, and we don't realize that we are speaking from a place of light. And we don't realize that they are listening from a place of darkness. You're here? And so we're frustrated, the light trying to get the darkness to understand, and the darkness does not comprehend. I remember one person was trying to minister to this person and they just could not get it. And they, they just said, God, what's happening? And he said, you're talking to a dead person. And he said, what do you want me to do? He said, get him saved first. <laughs> then you can talk. 
So he <laughs> suddenly said, uh, he said, you think you'll go for it? He goes, just ask. You know, so he, uh, he said, you know what? We're having a problem here. Can we both get on the same page? Takes just a moment. He goes, yeah, what do you want me to do? He goes, this guy was open, you know. So obviously, because he's been talking to him for so long. And he said, look, can we do this? You know, the Bible says that if you confess Jesus as Lord, okay, receive him as Lord. And you need to do that. It's not just a thing you say. You receive him as Lord, you'll be born again. He goes, oh, okay, that doesn't sound too hard, <laughs> okay? So they prayed. And the guy obviously, you know, did, did, it, did it right, gave his heart to the Lord. And, they, and as soon as he did, he suddenly goes, oh, I get everything you just said. <laughs> Before he could start back in on what he had been talking about, everything, sun, the lights came on. Can I use a natural example? All your words put lights on the tree. But until they have God, you're not plugged in. But as soon as you get them saved, in goes the plug and boom, suddenly they'll go, oh, I get it. I don't know how many people have said that, that they only realized what all was going on, you know, with people that had been praying for them in the past. And now they realize that it was their prayers that kept them going. When at the, at the time, they disregarded and discarded when they said, we pray for you. Yeah, whatever. You religious thing, you, you know. And later on, they're like, oh, thank God somebody prayed for me. No wonder I'm still alive. I'd be dead by now otherwise. Literally, some people, you know, amen? All the lights came on as soon as they got saved. Amen. The Bible, in its word wealth, it says, verse 5 could read, The darkness is unreceptive and does not understand it. The darkness will never be able to eliminate the light. The Christian's joy is knowing that light is not only greater than darkness, but will also outlast the darkness. Amen? One more quote and we're done. Leon Morris points out that the theme of perpetual conflict between darkness and light is found throughout the book. People's condemnation is that they love the darkness rather than the light. Jesus calls on them to follow him so that they do not walk in darkness. They are to walk while they have the light, lest darkness overtake or overcome them. Jesus came into the world as light so that whoever believes on him should not stay in darkness. His whole mission was a conflict between the light and the darkness. Amen? He came to bring light to a dark world. And he did. We are the light. Every single one of you is light today. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for our word.